Welcome back to Word Two Literary. I'm your host, Jonathan. And I'm Kenny. And we're back with part three of our review of Cyberpunk Edge Runners. We're going to finish out episodes nine and 10 and then delve into what we want to do differently about it if we are the ones writing it. And we're picking up right where we left off with episode eight ending in just the craziest fashion we could have imagined. We weren't expecting the plot twist that we got. And that was that Kiwi had betrayed the edge runners and was sided with Faraday to try and further his cause instead, which is to capture David for Arasaka and make him try out the cyber skeleton, which we're about to see exactly what all that is in episode nine. And let me tell you, I honestly expected something much sleeker, cleaner, and not nearly as like military. It's bulky. It's huge and bulky. Yeah. Truthfully, up until the reveal, for some reason, I kept thinking the Sandivistan was the was the cyber skeleton that they were talking about. I didn't realize that there was still like another separate thing. I thought this thing was the like super badass thing that they're trying to get a hold of, but that David was able to use it better than anyone else had so far. Yeah, no, it's something else entirely. The Sandy was what I thought was going to be like the key of sorts for accessing the cyber skeleton but again the design of the cyber skeleton very bulky very mech looking like it's basically as if your body were fused into a mech but the torso and head of your body is the cockpit cockpit yeah yeah and i i don't even know where to go with that other than it was just like whoa so now that we've talked a little bit ahead about the cyber skeleton Let me jump back to the beginning here a little bit and explain what happened in this episode so that you can understand what we might feel about and change about it later on. So the episode picks up again right where we left off with Kiwi betraying the Edge Runners and allowing Lucy to be captured by Faraday. And they are interrogating Lucy while they discover that she's actually been hiding the data that she's gathered on or gathered from Tanaka, but specifically the data regarding David as being a potential test subject for the cyber skeleton. This changes the trajectory of the whole mission to Faraday wanting to get David in the cyber skeleton suit thing, mech warrior, whatever. And then knock off Gundam. Exactly. And then go about seeing how he copes with it. But the thing is, if David touches the cyber skeleton, we know we're in for bad news. Well, we know we already it. know we're in for bad news. Like we do this episode, I believe this one. No, it was the last one. We're, you can see David's starting to lose himself. He's got the tremors going on. He's getting that like eye twitch. Like he is not long for the realm of mental sanity. No. So the, the cyber skeleton is just going to push him over the edge. And I mean, it's going to be an epic edge to go over, but it's still traumatic. It was still hard to watch. It really was. And so with Faraday wanting to do this, he's trying to do it discreetly. He doesn't want David to realize that he knows what's going on with Lucy. They don't even know that Lucy's been captured yet, David and and the crew. Faraday calls up David and the crew and says, hey, I've got this wicked awesome job for y'all. If you guys want to come out and do this job, it's big risk, big reward. And let me tell you, that big risk, we've been shadowing, foreshadowing that all the way up to this point. The big risk is bad. It's very high. It's bad news, Paris. Well, as you would imagine, 
things start to go south pretty quick. It starts with them laying out the heist. There's a caravan out in the desert and they're going to intercept it. Only for some of it to go a little weird on them. Right. If I remember it, the truck that has a cyber skeleton is unmanned. There's nobody in it. Nobody driving. It nearly goes over an edge and it's destroyed, but they managed to pull it up at the last minute. Exactly. Yeah. They managed to stop the truck right as it's right as it's tilting over the edge. They man- it, it does tilt more or less over the edge, but it gets caught in an edge of this crevice of a ravine and it manages to stay relatively close to the surface. They get down inside. They realize what's there. And it's this wicked piece of chrome. And then Militech shows up because Faraday tipped him off yep. because he wants to force them into a situation that they have to fight their way out of. And likelihood is the only way they're going to be able to fight their way out is if David's in the cyber skeleton. As David keeps showing more symptoms of his cyber psychosis throughout this whole thing, we're still seeing him going through it. He realizes that he's got to do something about this onslaught that's about to hit them and starts to install the cyber skeleton. But if I remember right, he's not quite sure if he wants to. He knows he's losing. And I think he knows that if he goes and installs it, he's going to be gone. And then we get this phone call from Lucy. Oh, and she tells him that she believes in him, just like he told her that he believes in her to get her to jack into Tanaka. And so this pushes David to accept it, to connect to the cyber skeleton, which is a brutal thing. That thing removes everything but his torso and head yep. and then installs on it. And it was awful. Oh, yeah. That was brutal and a little grotesque to, to experience just because, yeah, you see him get down into this thing as, he, as it mounts up. And then I don't recall it going into excruciating detail about the process, but I do remember it. You can see all of the pain and emotion on David's face as this thing in integrates itself with his what's left of his body right yeah and he becomes part of this giant cyber skeleton and mind you one of the things that i forgot to mention earlier is that he had actually recruited the help of rebecca and falco and kiwi like kiwi is there with them during this whole thing and so she's leaving little tidbits of you know david you gotta do this you gotta complete the mission we're not going to be able to get out of this fight against Militech alive without the help of the hardware that you're seeing there. And right as Militech shows up, Kiwi manages to sneak herself away and escapes all the while, like you said, Faraday was impersonating Lucy and convincing David to fully integrate himself with this thing. And in, and then we see what is basically the climax of the episode of the absolute destruction that this thing is capable of. It was pretty insane. It really was. That is what episode nine ends up being is a showcase of the power of this cyber skeleton. David finally fully installed with this thing, come out of the truck and face this entire convoy of Militech forces that he's just one dude wearing a cyber skeleton mech thing going up against a small army yes i mean they could take over a small south american country with the forces they've got there and david 
is pissed because as the member as the cyber skeletons gang and stole Lucy actually manages to escape from Faraday and call him, telling him what's going on, telling him how Faraday has betrayed them in Kiri. Oh, that's right. And then I you hear David hears Lucy get recaptured. And so David just loses his shit and wrecks the army. He is jumping around using all sorts of gravity-based weapons and like Mashing stuff into the ground, throwing things against each other. Explosions everywhere. All the explosions. Just the, there's not much, there's not much else to really say about this episode than to just say that this was a showcase of that, that cyber skeleton. It destroys the entire set of Militech forces, gets everything out of the way, regardless of the fact that this is taking a massive toll on his body. And you can see that by the fact that this has a built in immunosuppressant this thing's up near like his shoulder blades right and it comes down there's a whole bunch of these things in it it's it looks like a magazine filled with immunosuppressors and it just chunk every time he needs a quick jolt to knock out the cyber psychosis that's starting to settle in because of how much this is just taking over him it just injects him and carries him on for a little while longer and the thing that's ridiculous is that I'm pretty sure during that fight, he goes through so many of them. Oh, yeah. I didn't even bother to count. It seemed like far more than he should have had. But well, that definitely becomes a plot last episode is that he does technically have a finite number. Yeah. And not to mention the whole time that he's in this thing, he's also using the Sandy to be super fast. It is it is worth watching this episode for the fact that it was really well animated and really cool to watch it felt like you were watching a john wick s style moment and it was just really cool but you know that for all this coolness there's gonna be a toll there's gonna be a cost that must be paid and when they finally take out all of those forces he manages to regain himself enough david does to be like rebecca falco we're gonna go get lucy and we're gonna kill that guy faraday that's where episode nine wraps up before we get to my man, my moon. Er, I'm sorry, I said that backwards. <laughs> Close enough. My moon, my man. Episode 10. Oh, it's just such a sad episode. <laughs> well, the whole series is just sad. The exploration of these people trying to rise up what they're willing to go through. The addiction of installing Chrome and cyberware. And the lengths you go for family, like <laughs> the fact and the fact that pretty much nobody survives is just depressing. Yeah, it really is. So the episode picks up right where we left off. David fighting his way through Militech, Arasaka and Max Tech forces. They're trying to get to, Fal to Arasaka Tower. Falco's the getaway driver. Rebecca's still trying to get David to keep his head on a swivel and not lose it all but he is just he's just slowly falling apart the immunosuppressants are running out it is not looking good for david at this point and all the while we're watching faraday work with kiwi who escaped the arasaka side of it where they're the corpse executives there are discussing how they're going to handle the situation as david is just ripping through the city destroying their forces on the way at this point kiwi actually too little too late starts to have second thoughts about 
continuing to do this work for Faraday, seeing exactly what lengths he's going to put us put everybody in danger, put a stop to some things. And of course, the way that they opted to roll that scene out is Kiwi straight up tells Faraday that she's not feeling good about it anymore and that she wants to leave. And if there's anything that I've ever seen from crime movies, from gangster movies, you know, any of those. Anytime somebody tries to get out. <laughs> yeah. Loose ends have got to get tied up, right? Yeah. If you leave, you you either come back because you realize that you couldn't leave or you leave and you get shot because you tried to leave. Well, and this is definitely the latter. Yeah. You know? And it's one of those things that we watch her betray them and then we watch her betray Faraday and try and help her friends. Nothing about it feels really earned. We don't really know her well enough to understand her motives of why she would do one versus the other and then go back. But she does at least try to make amends in the end, only to get brutally put down. Yeah. Yeah. So she gets away. Then she ended up getting shot a few times before she got away, right? Right. As she's escaping from Faraday in the car, she does get shot, I think, through the shoulder, maybe somewhere else, and manages to hide for a little bit, calling up David and letting them know where Lucy is because they're making their way to Arasaka Tower during a pretty intense like chase scene where he's using a Sandy, jumping around and just destroying shit again with his cyberscale-looking man Sandy. Yeah. Only because their idea is that Lucy's at Arasaka, so they're going to go save her there. So when Kiwi calls and gives the location of Lucy, they change course and head towards Faraday, who's also, I believe, on his way to Arasaka, if I remember right. Because to him, this is his key, his golden ticket, is going to finally make it to the corporal world and sit at the top. And it has an epic conclusion, but definitely does not work out for him. Yeah, Arasaka's executives are having like this conversation about the destruction that's going on, how they're going to be able to clean up after this, clear the traces out, because this is something that everybody in the city seeing. And it's unfolding that this is a news. This absolutely would be a news wide story. And are they even executives? I thought they were just like maybe some higher ups, but not the CEO or anything, because they no. I want to say talk about some people above them. And worried about that and trying to, like, keep it from them until the whole situation was resolved. And then one of them throws the other under the bus. Oh, big time. Just epic. Yeah. She basically is, well, somebody's going to have to take care of this and it's not going to be me. And he just stands there and looks at her like, shit. (laughs) I know. So good. And so as they're having this discussion, they decide that if things reach a point where they feel like there's no return that they would get Adam Smasher involved. And you're like, wait a minute, what? Who's Adam Smasher? Well, Jonathan, you played the game. I haven't beat it yet. I know there's the epic showdown with him, but in the game, he is a pretty, even in the show, he's a very, like, brutal figure. Very imposing, who seems to have half a face of humanity left and nothing else. And is just, like, chrome to the extreme. Obviously the best hardware. You know what I just realized? What did you just realize? He looks like if you were to take Mr. Freeze from Batman (laughs) and Solomon Grundy and put the two of them together and then chrome them out. (laughs) If you were to take those two, mash them up and then put a bunch of cyber hardware on them, that that is Adam Smasher. 
Nice. I could kind of see that. That's, that's just my weird view on how he appeared to me. So getting Adam Smasher involved, we know is a big and bad deal because this guy is supposed to be the equivalent of a cybernetic god just with how powerful he seems to be. And he has zero empathy whatsoever. He's just a don't care about anybody or anything, just wants to try out his hardware. And apparently this cyber skeleton was meant for him and he very much dismisses the hardware as being like a toy essentially it's a one-trick pony essentially just uses gravity and yeah well yeah he could use that he doesn't need that (laughs) no he really doesn't based on what after he finally gets to showcase himself a little bit And that's where, yeah, that's where bad goes to worse. They say that they're going to get him involved. He's already there in the room with them. Like the gal is talking about him and then goes, oh, we don't have to call him up. He's already here. And the camera pans over and he's just sitting there in the dark in kind of in front of a in front of a table, a little coffee table sort of thing. And he's just waiting patiently with his hands crossed over his legs. He's just like, when am I going to get to kill stuff? And while David gets to the tower and manages to do some work, killing some guards. He rescues Lucy. He manages to take out Faraday or at least incapacitate him. So that's where they're like, okay, Adam Smasher, get in there and do your thing. And that starts the fight between those two in a fairly epic fashion. And David, believe it or not, holds his own for just a little bit. But the thing that I want to implore upon you so much is that this is not a this is not a rough them up oh the hero's winning and it's really it's coming out it's coming out great and then oh no the hero's getting beat on a little bit but don't worry the hero always comes back and wins in the end right correct the hero just needs to dig deep and find that motivation that pushes them over the edge and has them win out the day yeah don't get your hopes up don't get your hopes up at all because he holds his own for quite a while and then they manage to get knocked out of the tower and they fall so far and when they get to the bottom faraday dies because i'm pretty sure he went splat Uh, and while the rest of them are on the ground the sad part comes to be that rebecca's like David, don't worry, we got this. Something along those lines. And then hears some noise and says, would you shut up, mother? And right before she gets a chance to finish her words, Adam Smasher comes into the sky. Yep, plummets right out of the sky on top of her. And I'll spare you the details, but Rebecca's gone. (laughs) Yeah, that was a rough death for me. I enjoyed Rebecca. She was a lot of fun. Again, didn't really get to know her, but visuals and like the character we saw during the series, she was just frantic and energetic. Yeah. And then bug splat splat. Yeah. She got pretty obliterated by, as you would imagine, from something much heavier landing on you. And then the final battle begins where we have David and Adam Smasher fighting a little bit here and there, dancing around and stuff. But David knows he knows And so he tells Falco, hey, get Lucy and get the hell out of here. And they do. They do. That's the one thing that I can say about the finale of this show that goes right, is that Falco and Lucy get away. All the while, Lucy is losing her cool and grossly worried about David because, well, he's about to go up against one of the 
worst of them. And apparently, did they? I felt like they said somewhere earlier on that nobody walks away from Adam Smasher. They may have. I don't remember that off the top of my head, but quite possible they may have alluded to the fact that it's Adam Smasher. He doesn't lose. Yeah. Knowing the series takes place before the game, if you know that little tidbit, David can't win against them, or at least can't meaningfully kill them or stop them. Right. And so that's what happens. That's what happens. David and Adam Smasher duke it out. And frankly, David knows that there's just no keeping up, but he's just happy to know that he managed to get Falco and Lucy away. And so he's content with the conclusion of this, which I wasn't, but that's why we're going to talk about what we'll do differently. (laughs) We'll get into that next. Yeah. David gets actually pitifully done in. And I say that because the way that they fight it out, it's just this one-sided battle of watching David's parts, like different cybernetic parts get knocked off of him. Adam Smasher waste no energy just destroying the cyber skeleton and by the time we're done he stands over david and just puts one in his dome and it just felt insulting to have it in that way i guess for me to see the antagonist just get to i would have wanted something more grandiose for david to go out on than to just get shot i don't know how you felt about that that was fitting yeah yeah it would have been more epic But that's the gist of the universe. You try so hard to rise up and some make it, but most don't. And truthfully, it's probably all controlled by somebody who gets to come out on top of it or not. Yeah. So he at least, David at least gets a win in that Lucy gets away. He does save her at the very least. And he knows that before he dies and he's content with that, which is just heart-wrenching. Just he, the acceptance and then. Going to the last couple of minutes of the episode where we just watched Lucy at some point later in time getting to finally be on the moon. There's a sadness that she carries because David's not with her. She even has a little moment of visioning David being there with her, kind of a callback to the brain dance that we saw them in in the second episode. It's just a very sad, almost unfulfilling moment. And it's not to say that this was definitely a great story that they told. And I wouldn't say that it was bad in any way other than when I think about what I wanted out of it, it was something to result in a little bit of a happier ending. I expected to lose people along the way, but not nearly everyone. By the time we're done, we've got Falco and Lucy left. We don't see Falco. We don't know what happens with him after he gets Lucy out of there. And then we see Lucy and she's, like you said, up on the moon and living that part of her dream. But it almost hurts more to know that she's left alone and doesn't even get to share that experience with somebody she cared so deeply about. And so it leaves you with this slightly bad taste in your mouth because you wanted to see that story end in a little bit of a happier way than it did. I know that not every story can be a happy ending. And I guess there's nothing else to say about that. (laughs) Well, I'm pretty sure our stories aren't going to be happy endings, but we'll see. To tie the game in a little bit, there is a quest involving like finding out or not finding out, but V, who's your character, hears about David Martinez. You actually get to watch 
that kind of initial intro for the anime in the game. And it leads her down like a short little quest that she does get to talk to Falco to get some information on Martinez or what happened. And that's how you end up getting his coat. So at least a couple months or a year later, whatever it is, when the game comes out, Falco's still alive. Yeah, yeah. that helps. A little bit, yeah. And that wraps up Cyberpunk Edge Runners, the first and possibly only season of that that we're going to get. And again, fully enjoyed the series, fully enjoyed the story and the outcome for the most part. <laughs> yeah. It, it was well-rounded enough. It was entertaining. It kept me on my seat. It had some good twist to it. The whole Kiwi thing, wasn't expecting that. Maybe that's poor attention span on my part. But thinking back, she does talk. She does tell Lucy about not trusting anyone. Maybe that was a little foreshadowing to not trust her. Yeah. But I think that ties into kind of what I would change about the whole series is that I would want either we remove some of the overarching storyline and condense it we'll stream on it a little bit so we can keep some of the episodes but turn to character development or we add a couple episodes like i would i want to see how main became who he is joria we know absolutely nothing about pilar who is rebecca's brother who dies i think in episode three a one note character and some kind of motivation for rebecca but again don't know enough don't know anything there don't know anything about rebecca there's such a an interesting cast of characters, but we know only about Dave and Lucy, and it's disappointing. Yeah. I, I can't connect with anybody. I can't understand their motivation, and I want to. That would be, for me, the one of the big things to change. I would, I know you'll get into how you would prefer the ending, but I don't mind that everyone dies, although I probably would want to keep Rebecca alive. Or just, she was fun. I liked her. No, not everybody needs to die. I still think that her death was needless, and I'll get into that soon. Yes. Well, so I'll even say, too, that I did not realize, and again, it could have been obvious, and I might have missed it. I was watching it in Japanese with English subtitles. I might have missed a few things here or there, just trying to keep up with both what was happening as well as reading, but at no point did I realize that Pyler was actually Rebecca's brother. I know that she mentioned it towards the end of the series when she says something to David about having lost her brother i realized that point i was like oh okay that makes sense but it did not initially occur to me that they were related and i agree with you the fact that there was so little character development outside of pretty much the main two characters we get a little bit of main's history but we don't know anything about dorio like you said or pyler or Kiwi, really. We just know that she's the Mortal Kombat looking one of the cyberpunk group. I was aware that Faraday wasn't the greatest. Again, very little knowledge about his back history. Ripper Doc. I think the only other character we really got to know a little bit, and I would say even at that, it was very little, was Gloria, and that was David's mom. But that was for the sake of just building up the building up her death in the very first episode. So yeah, for me. I would agree about all of the character development stuff. I would honestly loved a bit more of that. A couple of extra episodes would have been great if it would have been like one more for the first arc and one more for the second arc, or maybe just a couple more at the end, I think is what you said. I'd be fine with that. I would also lean toward just a little bit of a happier conclusion, not having every single character go with the exception of three, two, two. <laughs> yeah, Lucy and Falco. Lucy and Falco. 
Is Adam Smasher count? <laughs> sure. I mean, if yeah. you want to go down that route. Nah. Nah. But I would have figured out a way to write the story. There was at least the chance that David could have survived in some sort of like cybernetic format. Maybe something that Lucy could have carried with her. Some sort of, I don't know, partial kind of construct, some sort of partial construct of David that could have continued to to at least fill the void of him being fully gone. Rebecca, I felt like it was a needless death because when she goes out, there really wasn't anything for her to do about it. It was literally just a you're dead because you're here. If you had stayed home, maybe the story would have gone differently. Smasher went out and smash. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that was terrible, but yes. It was awful. It was awful and you loved it. I did. Maine's death was valid in terms of the storytelling because I can see how giving David that additional growth by becoming the leader of the Edge Runners and taking Maine's place in the end made quite a bit of sense. Pyler, I would say, was a valid death for the sake of very much showing off what cyberpsychosis does to begin with. That, from a storytelling standpoint, fit very well. I can see why they opted to have Kiwi go out because she was not to be trusted on either side. Who or what? Where is she going to go from there kind of thing? It's one of those stories that kind of ended itself just purely on the fact that nobody was ever going to want to work with her again for the fear that she'd be betray them to. Oh, who did live? Ripper Doc. That's his profession. I know, but I don't he remember lived. his name, but you're right. He did live. He did. Aside from that, though, I don't know that. Yeah, I don't know that the all of the deaths were unwarranted other than Rebecca's, <laughs> honestly, because Rebecca really just again, it was just out of nowhere. And it was like, OK, well, that that's a shame. But for the rest of them, I would say it's probably well-rounded for what they were trying to do. And overall, I really enjoyed the story for what it is. And I don't I don't find myself going back to write fan fiction about how I would have done it differently. I'm content with the way that the story wrapped up. Albeit sad, I do hope to see something that extends off of this series, a spin-off of a spin-off if you will, that we get like a cyberpunk something else. Maybe it's not Edge Runners this time, maybe it's something just another vignette yeah. of of a series because these were really cool and I could totally see this being successful if they were to write the right kind of stories to go forward. And you never know. But we're also going to back up a step. And the whole point of what we're doing here is some minor fan fiction writing. Yeah. <laughs> the whole point is how we do it differently. But back on track is that maybe they could go down to season two in that there is, as I've come to learn and we should all realize, unless you see a corpse, like there's always a chance somebody survives. Maybe David doesn't survive physically, but maybe they took his body and they were able to back his brain up or maybe his body still is out there because they're trying to figure out why he was able to withstand just a little bit more than most people. Maybe that is a path of season two. But truthfully, like I'm okay with it ending like this. I would I want to see another cyberpunk anime or show, but just be entirely different. Another set of characters, another location set sometime after 2077 and B story, or maybe set during, and they just show off some of the highlights that go on. Yeah, you, know, you get to hear some background about how Go 
is kidnapped or some stuff that goes down with Arasaka Tower. Sure. Yeah, that would be fun. And it would also be interesting. Stay with me on this. Oh, God. Lucy turns out to be the main character, perhaps, for the second season. And part of the reason is because they did manage to salvage some element of David, some aspect of him. And he's now the antagonist because what's left of him isn't really him, isn't really human. It's just the part of him that was capable of handling the Sandivistan and the cyber skeleton simultaneously, creating some sort of a monstrous thing that might even go toe to toe with Adam Smasher that she has to come in and figure out a way to stop it, stop the resemblance of what she once was so passionate about to be so evil now. She's like, no, I got to stop it. And she puts together her own crew to take him out or something. I don't know. It'd be fun. I'd enjoy watching that. That she won't be able to stop or take out Adam Smasher in any permanent, meaningful way. Right. That is part of the story in 2077. She, and maybe there's an alternate path, but I believe you kill Adam Smasher. Like it's one of the final fights or it's the final fight. Oh, in the game itself, right? Correct. Yeah. Which one of these days, maybe we'll come back to it just to briefly touch on it or something. But I do plan on going through and playing the game to experience it a little bit more fully. And that might give give some extra talking points for us. Oh, yeah. We have yet to do a game yet. We've done a movie. We've done an anime now. We've done several movies. An anime and did a live action series of Halo. But yeah, let's we can do a game one of these times. It's a little bit more time investment to switch you play you like an RPG or something. But we will definitely be doing that at some point. Definitely. All right, and that'll do it for Cyberpunk Edge Runners E twenty twenty two series on Netflix. It was a really solid show. That's it was solid. It was worth a watch. I definitely highly recommend. It. Definitely recommend it. My big hope for them is that they continue to expand this franchise. I want to continue to see stories set in this universe. As I mentioned in, I think, episode one or two, or really part one or two of us talking about this, I want them to do more stories in the universe, but not necessarily one giant crossover thing. I want just building it out more. Yeah. Exactly. I had a few more episodes for a bit more story building, some extra stuff like that. But we'll see if they get around to doing a part two to this. Thank you for joining us this week on our episode of We're Too Literary, talking about cyberpunk edge runners. It was an excellent show. So I know the whole point of you being here is to hear what we thought about it and how we analyze it and how we break it down. So you've probably already seen it. But if you haven't seen it and we just spoiled the whole thing for you, we're not sorry. <laughs> not at all <laughs> because you chose I, I, to listen to this yes i'd assume by now you understand we're spoiling it for you it's your choice to come listen but please if you have not watched it go watch it it is worth the time and again thank you for joining us here we had a great time discussing this series we'll be back with another either movie or tv show or something you'll see in just a, a little over a week so yeah let's do it all right. If you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever it may be, please drop us a follow or subscribe. Maybe send us a little review with your thoughts, what you'd like, what you didn't like, what you might change. Give us some feedback. 
that's what we're that's what we're looking for we will have our website up and running soon along with an email address allowing you to send in your comments questions whatever you're feeling about the episodes that we release and leave us a little little five stars let us know let us know where we land on that scale for you thank you so much for joining us this weekend we'll catch you next time see you next time